someone took a screwdriver and went through all of the wall flashing with a hammer. And then this woman was legitimately trying to sue the roofing company's insurance for damage they created to their own house on their own property afterwards to try to get out of this bill. This is the Real Construction Owners Podcast. What's going on, everyone? Justin Lefford here. I'm the host of Real Construction Owners Podcast, where we interview real owners of multi-million dollar construction companies so you can go from being a stressed out operator to becoming a real owner who achieves healthy profit margins and a thriving business without having to figure it all out by yourself. Today, we have a special guest, Matt Nelson, owner of Nell Rock Contracting and Write It Right Public Adjusting. If you listen all the way to the end, you'll get to learn how he's transitioned as being a roofing owner to becoming a public adjuster and making more money than he's ever made before. Let's go. Welcome to Real Construction Owners Podcast. Matt Nelson from Louisiana, owner of Nell Rock Contracting as well as Write It Right Public Adjusting. How you doing today, bud? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good, man. How's it going? Man, I'm truly blessed and highly favored. I see you did something massive. I've been following you on social media. Walk me through that roof that you just got approved. What's the deal with that, man? Okay, so uh, more or less, I went on my way, started talking to business owners, things of that nature, uh, let them know how I could help them out, um, started scheduling free inspections for just massive buildings and Ran into a few of them that had hail damage. Right on. So you just knocked on their door. You asked for the, the owner. You got past the, the gatekeeper and they said, sure, you can talk to me, young man. Yeah. I mean, I just asked for the property managers, uh, whoever's in charge. Um, I have like a couple of multi-million dollar jobs already, which I mean, that's always easy to reference a job. I'm doing 10 miles down the road that way. And a lot of the people aren't saying what I'm saying to these people. So it like instantly sparks their interest. So they, they want to sit down with me They're like, what? And it's what like, are you saying? What are you saying to these people that uh, interest, interest instantly sparks their interest? I offer them a free, no obligation inspection. I mean, I don't know why. Some of these people that I'm, we're doing work for, like they have a $5,000 deductible, but like we're redoing a one and a half million dollar industrial building and an office building and getting all new siding, gutters, roofing. The only thing he's paying really is his deductible. That's awesome. So you basically go for the property manager first and foremost, win their heart before you go to the owner. Is that what I'm hearing? Um, a lot of the times the property manager is the owner, but asking the gatekeeper or the property manager to begin with. I mean, I've had very good luck with that. Um, nice. Nice. Uh, ladies, men, is it men or ladies that are normally the property manager, uh, the gatekeeper? It depends if, so like with hotels and stuff like that, I get a lot of resistance from the gatekeepers, but others like businesses, like, they'll just transfer me straight over to the owner. Like, you know, one technique that I do is I come in as, as an investigator. I, I come bursting in the door. I, 
hi, I've been assigned to the investigation of this property for the large loss. I need to speak directly with the owner. Where are they at? And they're like, uh, invest what? Uh, yeah, let me I go like get the that. lot. <laughs> I like that. So what's your story, man? I know you're an owner of your company now, but go back to memory lane before you became an owner. Tell us what happened and how you got okay. into this industry. So um, when I was 18 years old, I was dating this girl whose stepfather owned an insurance brokerage. Um, I was working four minimum wage jobs when I was with her and um, standing in her dad's $600,000, $700,000 house with like a half court basketball court in it. He's like, dude, why are you working so hard? Come get this producer license. Come work for me. You'll work half the amount of hours. You'll make twice the amount of money. So me being a little 18 year old kid, not knowing anything about it, I'm like, sure, I'll go get that license. So I took all the state testing in Illinois. So I'm actually back in Illinois right now. Um, okay. so I, was, I was a producer. So I know insurance policies like the back of my hand. Um, nice. Then during COVID, things really started slowing down uh, for like life insurance, health insurance, safe investment alternatives with seniors. Everyone was scared to sit down. and I don't really do Zoom calls too much. Well, uh, I was an independent adjuster about a year before COVID hit, um, running around for insurance companies. I wanted to learn how to properly bill everyone um, and like what will go through for insurance companies, what won't, how, what formats they want, how to use their softwares, things of that nature before I even started my own construction company. Um, once I learned and understood that, I started doing roofing, went down to Louisiana as a first responder um, after Hurricane Zeta, and then again after Hurricane Ida. Uh, great learning experience down there. I mean, I, I you will never learn what I learned down there. Like, it was 10 rooms a day. I was doing the repairs myself, running into all of these different little scenarios that the average person is never going to run into that 10 times in a day with 10 different scenarios like that for six months straight. Like, it was a great experience. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's savage. After a hurricane, there's no devastation like a hurricane. And you you just went balls to the wall straight in and said, mm -hmm. I got to figure this out. And what yeah. were some of your biggest takeaways or lessons working a hurricane? Um, don't work for politicians. Um, okay. I'm sure there's a story behind that. They're a uh, long story, long story. Um, well, we'll take we'll take the short, concise version. Don't have to mention any names. Oh, of course. Um, I was working for a small local roofing company down there, more or less uh, 60 hours a week, minimum, sometimes more, um, just helping people. That, that was really one of my biggest things is uh, when I was younger, I was always working these minimum wage jobs to the point like I had to provide for my family. So... Then uh, I found something where at night I could feel good about myself, actually help people out and still make money on top of it. So it made me feel very good about myself, which is like the whole reason why I went down there to do that. Um, what kind of inspired me to do that was a girl in Iowa after that big windstorm, the, the Rancho. Um, they, they were taking trees off people's houses, uh, tarping people's roofs, stuff like that. And like, just helping people get in a better state of mind, not having water come into their house, trying to somewhat make their life back to normal the way it was before. Like when yeah. these devastating tragedies, like tragedies occur. So I, I really wanted to help people. And I found a way that I could fit in the system 
help people and make a little bit of money on the side. And regarding that hurricane, what was a lesson that you learned as a business owner? Um, documentation, 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 everything. Like you, I, I, will, I was working with someone who had a license down there. Their local roofing company had like 700 leads day one of the hurricane. Uh, just wow. Yeah, so it was more or less these people needed help. That, that's all it was. They all needed help and there was only one of me. So I tried to do as much as I possibly could to help these people. Um, um, I was doing between eight to 10 roofs a day, like for inspections, doing recommendations for people, just writing estimates. And the biggest thing is like, always have a second source of documentation because uh, with that roofing company owner that I was working with, um, when he decided like, okay, see you later. I don't need you anymore. I already have the checks in my name. So like in his company's name, in his company bank account, which Louisiana's, uh, they have different laws than up here in Illinois. And when this politician's like, hey, try to sue me. My homie's a construction law attorney and I grew up here. Good luck. So like, oh, man. I'm like, okay, I, I got to start my own company. I have to make a way that this can never happen again, that the checks are coming in my name and that it's so common in the roofing industry that people are not properly getting paid, especially salesmen, which these are at the end of the day, the people who are helping you grow and expand your business and help you find new jobs. So then I just kind of went into it with the outlook of me knowing like eight to 10 people who have also been in a very similar situation as me that like, okay, I'm actually going to pay all my people what they deserve. They're not going to, like, I don't do bad business with a single person. When someone walks away with me to, to do, like, after we do business, they feel like they're in a better situation. That's something I do pride myself upon. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take some of these uh, sales reps that have been screwed over, that have already been trained, that know what they're doing, that someone know about the industry. And, and I've, I've just been running with that since. That's incredible. So you basically are like so many others that you, they got screwed by a bad owner you decided to start your own business. And from there you built a team. And what are some of your struggles? Every business has them. What are some of your struggles as an owner? I do not like to give up full power. I don't want to say that I'm micromanaging, but at times, like instead of me creating an SOP to hand someone like, okay, do this for me. Like, which I do have a bunch of SOPs. Like I'll type things down as I do it to describe how to do it to someone else. But then it, I just do it myself because I'm like, someone else isn't going to do it as good as me. So like, I kind of have troubles releasing tasks to other people. It just, which I guess is micromanagement. I need to though, learn how to get better at that. Just to give up a little bit of control, get things more or less going, give more people more trust. I, man, we've all been there as a new construction owner. We want to do everything because we can do it the best. And now I've made it to a point where I have, uh, I'm the CEO. I get to cast the vision. I get to check on people and make them feel awesome. That's my job. Like that's my role. My role is to empower people to grow within our organization. And how do we do this? I'm about to drop some bombs. How did we do this? We found a service manager, somebody who's in charge of all production, everything production related. We found uh, receivables, 
uh, payments, and she has her own team under her, and she's responsible for all those people. We have a uh, service operations growth. So then we have a growth person, somebody who's always recruiting every single week, and they have um, people under them, like a recruiting manager who's given them new recruits. And I've created a online training to where I dumped everything out of my head that I know, and I put it online to where when a person comes in, they have to go through my 10-day boot camp in order to get their $1,000 bonus. And when they go through that, there's requirements to get that thousand bucks. They got to go out and knock every day. They got to schedule uh, 10 appointments within 10 days. They got to complete one appointment presentation all by themselves. And we have found by doing that in the last 90 days, it's generated, uh, we've spent $22,000 in new recruits and it's generated us almost $500,000 in business. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, man. I'm going to need to learn a little bit more about that. Yeah, I know. And, you know, I'm just sharing it with you because we've all been there. And my goal is to help you because I've been watching you progress from the beginning of your business, from sales to becoming a business owner to now you're like, what do I do next, man? What do I do next? So I just wanted to drop that down and, and give you some insights. Now, you also have a public adjusting business. Is that correct? Yes, that's actually what I've been running with um, a little bit more lately. Um, just because of my insurance knowledge, um, been doing it for eight yeah. years. Yeah, knowing that you have that background in policies and insurance knowledge, you know, you can become such a resource to other contractors who can't uh, mm-hmm. go down that line. And what what's your next steps with that? How are you going to bring in revenue for that business? In Illinois, I. I mean, basically anywhere where that there's been a storm, I'll drive around and I'll just walk up to these big buildings because like if a lot of these companies, they already have construction companies that they want to go with, like that they're, it's their friend, it's their cousin, their nephew, their neighbors, things of this nature. And I'm like, well, that's perfectly all right. I can make sure this, we write it right. That's, that's the name of my public adjusting company, write it right public adjusting, which at the end of the day, like. I can make sure everything is paid out correctly. Your contractors have enough money to do the job at hand. You don't get lowballed or denied any types of coverages from your insurance company that you should be getting paid. Because a lot of the times that, that first number they send you, I mean, that's just their first offer. Like they're, they're lowballing you seeing if you're going to take it and run. Um, more or less at the end of the day, I just make sure there's enough money on the table for the construction company to do it, to do that's the job. Awesome. So, so you're basically going in with construction background, but you're a public adjuster or a PA or an appraiser, and you just get the spread. You help the business owner or the homeowner get their money, but you get your fee, whatever it is in the state you're in. Mm -hmm. So I normally charge uh, 10%. That's absolute max. I charge $350 an hour for my services. Um, With my knowledge and knowing how to document everything properly, like down in Louisiana, I was working for this lawyer where I was a forensic analyst and I'd have to take these photos, make all these crazy reports, like shit. Sometimes I'll spend three to four or five hours just labeling photos. So that way everything is completely properly documented. I mean, well, I'll be putting together proofs of losses that big to the point where it's like, look, dude, if you're not going to pay this, like we will take you to court. Here is all of my proof. This is what I'm going to be bringing to court. Pay it or we will. Like, yeah. At the end, I don't argue illegitimate damages. Like if, if I don't have a case, like I'm not going to waste your time or mine trying to argue something that's a, not a covered loss. So 
I'm curious about working with attorneys. I've had attorneys out to me and they say, hey man, your scopes of work are incredible. Your photos are incredible. Can we pay you to do run some of these deals for us? And there's obvious advantages because maybe they'll need your services. What would, what would somebody charge a, a lawyer for that kind of fee to do that kind of work? It depends which lawyers you work with. Um, like how much would I charge a lawyer or would? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that would be something that I'd have to talk to lawyers. I mean, if there's like, if it's a big, huge job required with engineers and architects and things of that nature, it really just depends how many hours I have to put into it. Um, I mean, if I sign the deal myself, it's 10%. I mean, I am willing to work out things. I, can, I do free case evaluations and free policy reviews to see if it'd be a right fit. I mean, I had, a, a lawyer, I had, I had a lawyer reach out to me the other day and cause uh, this tornado claim, the homeowner got denied massively. Uh, I, the homeowner gave that lawyer my scope. He was impressed. And he's like, Hey man, can I hire you to do this? Man, I'm like, dude, my time is worth so much. Like I do government contracts and he's like, well, can I hire you? I'm like, I, I don't think you can afford me, man. <laughs> so my, that's why I was just curious, you know, because for contractors out there that are looking for ways to create income, you know, maybe they can charge four, five, six hundred bucks an hour to create those reports for these attorneys. Yeah. Now, moving forward, let's talk about something different. What would you say is the best process in your business that you're most proud of? The best process. Hmm, I don't know. I mean, I have an absolute great team staff. I by no means micromanage anyone, but I make things extremely clear. Um, I'm working with an awesome technology guy where we are actually making our own CRM. I am trying not to spread myself too thin, but I mean, all of these different ventures all the time everywhere. Um, but he's made some pretty cool things for me where now, I mean, I've eight different people that run around for me. Uh, a couple of them aren't putting in as much effort as I'd like, but yet again, that could be on me. I can't expect someone who doesn't own the business to work as hard as me. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm always at the end of the day, like 24 seven going with my business. Uh, but this app, I'm able to communicate and assign tasks in different files and literally create schedules for every single person of what I expect you to do on a daily basis and just assign these tasks. And I mean, that, that's probably my favorite process that we do have. It just makes communication 10 times easier. And I'm not paying 250 per rep per month or anything crazy like that. So I'm nice. excited nice. that's the common. That's cool, man. And that's something you could scale and sell if it's if it turns out to be well. So I always like to like poke the bear a little bit and, and, and figure out, you know, situations from your past. We've all had these scenarios. Tell, tell us a story where you got a deal and in your heart, you're like, man, I don't know. This customer is going to be difficult and come to find out you, you were right. They were difficult. They were not fun to work with and it was a painful or an expensive lesson. Walk us through that story. Um, honestly, I do not work with Karens. I will always have that right fit meeting. Like when I go and sit down before I sign a contract with anyone, like I'm not one of those 
first year sales reps that's oh my goodness like sign this piece of paper like no like let's see if we're a right fit let's get our all of our expectations down to begin with and see if we will be a right fit to work together if someone is going to be like that i mean i i can walk away i will walk away i mean you can kind of like tell and read those people. Um, we did have a job down in Louisiana. Um, you could tell it was like a lower class family. Their roof was completely blown off. They needed a whole new roof. She was honestly just damn near signed the papers the moment we got there. And very little questions. She gave us the 40% deposit and then go do the roof, give her the invoice when it's all done. The next day it rains and we get a phone call. Oh my God, my house is leaking. So we, we go back out there. Someone took a screwdriver and went through all of the wall flashing with a hammer. And then this woman was legitimately trying to sue the roofing company's insurance for damage they created to their own house on their own property afterwards to try to get out of this bill. So now they were trying to get a whole inside interior remodel of their house. And you could literally see like someone took a big old screwdriver and it looked a hammer through the sidewall flashing, like big holes. Like my contractors did not do that. My roofers did not do that. Like we were doing five to seven builds a week. Every single day, those contractors had that. Like I know for a fact, we we're using the same in-house crews. Like this, this woman purposely destroyed and vandalized her own property just to try to get a little check. I heard the people in Louisiana were just savage. I decided not to do work that storm, and I decided never to go to Louisiana to work a storm. And same, don't ever go to the border towns in Texas. I'm telling you, the people mm -hmm. down there, oh, my God. Oh, are you talking like oh the my, east side? Uh, nightmares. Uh, I'm oh, talking yeah. about like down like Del Rio, McAllen. Is that like uh, the TWIA coverages? No, this is this is like right on the border of Mexico and oh, okay, okay. big hail storms. I've had I had my my biggest, most expensive lessons in Del Rio, Texas. I uh, my, one of my mentors advised me, do not go sell in Del Rio, Texas. There was like softball size hail. And I was like, oh, I'm, dude, I'm going. This is a life changing opportunity. Let's go. And I, I went down there. I mean, we still sold three million, made a ton of money, but. It was stressful, super painful, hard to get your money. Insurance companies paid like less than they've ever paid because they're like, dude, you're right next to Mexico. Like, seriously, you don't need all this money. You can get this done for 500 bucks. <laughs> mm -hmm. <clears throat> so where what's next for you, man? What's next? Okay, so this month was my biggest month yet. Um, I closed somewhere between seven to 8 million in public adjusting contracts. Uh, and I, I really ble believe this is just the start. Uh, what I've been saying to these property owners have been working. I've had really good luck finding some good legitimate damage to the point where I'm just gonna keep putting myself out there. The harder I work, the luckier I get. <laughs> so. Man, that's, that's fire content right there. You, you started as a salesperson, then you became an owner you had some trials and tribulations you're still an owner but you have found your niche in public adjusting because you get to just sign the deal write the deal make sure they get paid and they you don't care who does the job you still get your 10 percent that 
is a bomb. That is worth, that's notable right there. So if somebody wants to work with you or somebody needs your services, what states do you work in and why should they work with you? Um, honestly, I always shoot, shoot people straight. Like if I can help you out, cool, I will. But if it's honestly, I, I've kind of been pushing off smaller little residential jobs. Like if your insurance company screwing you on waste and starter strips and ridge cap, like, yes, I could help out quite easily, but it's not something I'm going to focus and dedicate all of my time and energy on by any means. Uh, as of right now, all of my business has been happening in Illinois and I'll have licensing in Wisconsin next week. I have licensing in Texas as well. Um, I will, I will have licensing in Texas. I paid a bunch of fees, got like a little virtual office and stuff down there because uh, one of the contractors I do a lot of business with has a few jobs down there. So, so much paperwork, but those, those will be the three states I'm focusing in. Um, probably gonna get licenses in the whole Midwest. Um, I mean, if there's a big storm, I'm definitely gonna go down and do something. Uh, I don't like snow, so maybe a nice. Florida this year. <laughs> right on, man. That's cool. I'm glad that we got to connect. We've been meaning to do this for a while. Now we have learned your story. And if anybody wants to reach out to Matt, he's readily available. How can they connect with you? So I have nellrockcontracting.com, uh, writeitrightpa.com. Uh, feel free to message me on Facebook. Um, at the end of the day, like if you need tips, any knowledge, like I have such a vast network of knowledgeable people that if I don't know the answer, I, I probably know someone that does. Um, I love helping people at the end of the day, answering questions, putting people in better situations and writing things right. I love it, dude. Have a great day. Thanks for hopping hey, on. Nice to meet you. Take it easy. Take care.